This is a special presentation of Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. The Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show starts now. Presented by Crumback Chevrolet in New Haven. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Serving Allen County for 46 years in county. On Highway 930, just west of New Haven High School. Here's your host, Justin Kinney. What's up, everyone? Welcome into the High School Coaches Show. New night, Thursday night. We got bumped by the uh, Mastodon's Coaches Show. Of Tuesday, 6 o'clock, the uh, season premiere of the Coaches Show, the Mastodon's Coaches Show, was two days ago. So this is our home now, Thursday, 6 o'clock, all the way through high school basketball season. Not just football, but we're here through the month of March in basketball. And hopefully we're talking about a state champion, not just in football, but in a couple months in basketball. Be here before we know it, right, D.C.? I'm ready for it. Basketball season, my favorite. I mean, it's uh, we were our first guest is Dan Vanser. We'll talk about it, talk to him in just a couple minutes. We could almost talk as much basketball as football. What with girls basketball practice having started, the season kicks off in a couple weeks, and the boys will get started with practice here shortly. And of course, the week of Thanksgiving is when the boys kick everything off. So, a lot to talk about. That overlap between football and basketball is real, folks. It's here, but. Hopefully, we're talking football for the next month. We kick off the sectional, uh, the first week of sectionals coming up on Friday. Plenty of matchups coming up. Of course, 5A, 6A get the bye. They will start next week. But uh, we're going to break it all down for you with uh, with Dan Vance here in a second. We also have Tim Manigle of the Concordia Lutheran Cadets will join us around 6.15. We'll break down more of the sectional brackets coming up at the bottom of the hour, and then we'll wrap it up with Jason Dorfler of the North of Bruins. At least we hope so, D.C. We're given... Uh, yeah, we know how he can not answer the phone yeah, sometimes. I know. I just exchanged text with him earlier today, so I think he's on board. He, he knows better than to, uh, to ditch us again. But let's jump right into it. We kick off each and every show, regardless of what day it's on, with Dan Vance of Outside the Huddle.net, and he joins us on the line right now. Dan, what's up? Uh, not much, Justin. How are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Uh, I didn't hear where you were out to eat, so I do have to ask. <laughs> We're eating at Chili's. It's my uh, my three year old's birthday tomorrow, so it's birthday dinner time. I won't be home. I'll be out at football. So gotcha. Yeah, it's a pick. He, that was he, his go to at three years old. Pick Chili's, huh? What is his go to at Chili's? Chicken tenders. That's what he gets everywhere. So you could have went anywhere and got. We could have gone to McDonald's and just got him nuggets, but <laughs> we we let him enjoy the ambiance. There you go. Yeah, the ambiance at Chili's. Yeah, very nice. But uh, you know, uh, you know. Happy birthday to Link! Before we, we go ahead, big big number three. So, um, but you'll be out of football tomorrow. So, tell us where you'll be tomorrow evening to kick off the postseason. Uh, I'm going to be at Woodland for uh, for Woodland East Side. A really intriguing matchup and, and a really intriguing sectional in two way. Uh, it's I, I don't know that there's a front runner uh, between the two of those teams and and Bluffton and Bishop Lewers. I think it's going to be a fantastic sectional all the way through. Let's start there. Let's start in that sectional, that 2A sectional that you mentioned. And the first-round matchup between Eastside and Woodland could be a good one. We think Bishop Lures, despite having two wins, could be the favorite here. But uh, are they really? Do you see, is Eastside a better football team? Is Bluffton a potential better, better football team? Even is Woodland a better football team than Bishop Lures? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's the question. Now, this, this is where we're going to be seeing a real true strength of 
that SAC schedule and the gauntlet that you have to run through in the SAC versus other conferences. Bluffton had a really great season, save for games against the two best teams in their conference. Uh, Woodson has not gotten to play a complete season. They've had some good wins. They've had some good performances and losses, uh, but haven't been healthy. Uh, and Eastside has played great, but the NECC and the NECC small division versus the SAC, uh, that's, uh, that's two different horses. So I think we're really going to get to see how much that gauntlet helps you or hurts you because even though you're playing tough teams and you get blown out as many times as Bishop Bloomers has this year, uh, does that kind of have a negative impact on your psyche? You know, Dan, another sectional that that's a, a really good topic to discuss, too. And we'll start at the top here with sectional 20 in Class 4A, one of the two locally. You have a one-win Southside team hosting Huntington North, and that's actually the ESPN Game of the Week coming up tomorrow night at 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock kick here on ESPN Radio 1380. So you have Southside Huntington North, and you have to feel Southside's a favorite there. And then the more in, potentially the more interesting one, winless Wayne going to Marion. Despite being 7-2, and two, some people think that Wayne has a shot at 0-9 going down there. But um, it's that SAC gauntlet, right? And yeah. we look at it and say, man, some of these teams that were at the bottom of the sack could win at least one game in a sectional. So what, how do you see sectional 20 playing out? Well, I think that Wayne has a shot based on what we saw last week. I mean, they played Carroll very good. It's probably the best we've seen Wayne all year. Um, they're going to have to be at their best because Marion it, it is pretty heavy-handed. Um, so I think that there'll be a challenge for Marion. I don't know if they can get it, but I like Southside's chances against Huntington North. I mean, I think it's great for either of those programs to get a sectional win. Uh, would mean a lot for Bob Prescott in his first year at Huntington North, uh, but would mean a lot for Southside, a team that didn't win any games last year, and so they got one win this year to get a sectional win. Um, helps right the ship. So I like their chances out there. Uh, I like how Southside has been playing as of late. Uh, they're a hard-nosed team, and I think that this is a, a matchup that favors them. Yeah, Huntington North, interestingly, has not beaten an, an SAC team on the road since 1990 when they went to Southside and won 7-6. to six. So it's been a minute since Huntington North has won on the road to an SAC opponent and beat them. And, uh, yeah, they don't play very much now, but back when it was eight teams in the SAC, they've had a couple non-conference games. They met plenty of times in the playoffs. So it's been almost 30 years since Huntington North has gone on the road and beat an SAC team. New Haven, another interesting team in this sectional. They open at one win Jay County. Then they'll get the winner of Wayne or Marion. Could New Haven make some noise in the bottom half of sectional 20? Yeah, I think New Haven makes some noise in this one. Uh, they're a better team than their record indicates. If you look back at those first couple weeks of their season, uh, they played against some really good talent and played them very well in the first couple of weeks. And you look at that South and Riley game uh, and how well they played that. They're better than their record indicates. I really think a New Haven-Marion matchup uh, would be the ideal matchup in this sectional. Sectional 19, is it East Nobles to lose at 9-0? and Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, we need some really fun games of that, even this week. Columbia City and DeKalb is going to be a really fun game. Both of those teams have a lot of things that they can offer. And, and Leo and Angola, I think, is going to be significantly better than it was. We saw it in week two. Angola really had forged an identity. They were still trying to figure out where guys fit in after losing so many seniors last year and got blown out. And then, like you said, the big question is who can beat East Noble? Um, I, I think that even despite... Leo pretty much handling DeKalb last week. I think DeKalb is a more complete team overall for an East Noble. 
but at the same time, I think that Leo is willing to take more chances, and someone's going to have to really go to the air. East Noble's just too big up front, and that's what Leo and DeKalb both ran into the first time they played them is they tried the run game, and it didn't work. They were both able to move the ball through the air, but you have to worry passing the ball against East Noble because of their defensive backs and how strong they are, how quick they are to the ball. So someone's just going to have to take some chances, I think, to uh, to beat East Noble, and I don't know that anybody in the sectional has uh, the success rate that they need to slow down the Knights. He is Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Dan, going to Class 3A, let's let's mention West Noble, 9-0. and uh, They run through the NECC, I want to say with relative ease, but we're very impressive doing it. Uh, Mishawaka Marion seems to be that team to beat in the lower half of this sectional and a very, very good Mishawaka Marion team. West Noble has to go to, to Glen on Friday night and play a underrated Glen team. But West Noble, undefeated, do they have a chance to win this sectional that I think has some pretty darn good teams from the Northwest in it? Yeah, it's a pretty strong sectional. It's not one that's been talked about much because West Noble have an outlier to Fort Wayne, uh, and obviously the rest of the team is more of an outlier, but... I think they have a chance because the momentum they've been able to build. It's a blue-collar team. They work hard. Uh, we talked about Brandon Pruitt all year. I, I've tried uh, to mention Josh Gross's name as many times as possible. He's coming off a 129-yard uh, rushing week. He had three interceptions on defense last week. He's a do-it-all guy. Uh, and they have a three-headed back running the ball right now that's very successful for them with Brandon Pruitt and Josh Gross and Gustavo Ta- <clears throat> Gustavo Taylor. And it's going to be hard for teams to slow that many guys down because of the momentum they've built. If you said week one and we're just starting the season and there's no momentum as West Noble run through this, I'd say it's going to be tough. But at this point, they've built up so much momentum. The expectation is to win, uh, and I think that means a lot for a program like the Chargers. Dan, looking at sectional 27, and we're going to talk to Coach Tim Manigle here in just a little bit from Concordia. They go to McConaughey tomorrow night in an underrated matchup, I think. I think McConaughey is a pretty solid football team. So, yeah, McConaughey in there at 7-2. and two. Everybody else is under 500, but I think you can make a case for Norwell. You can make a case for Concordia. You can make a case for Oak Hill, maybe even Peru. So how do you see sectional 27 uh, playing out over the next couple weeks? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think Concordia McConaughey is going to be a really good game, probably one of the best games in the area uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I'd like to see if Norwell can make some noise. We know that they're pretty sound defensively. I still think they're a year away from, from really making a lot of waves. Uh, but, you know, a strong defensive team comes in. That's why you play the games. And I think that this is one where a lot of teams could make some noise. I, I wouldn't even put it by Belmont. We saw what they did last year to go yeah. into the playoffs without a win uh, and pick up some wins. So any given night, if the team has the right momentum in this one, I think that there could be some upsets in this one because I think you were, were you decently balanced across the board with teams that could contend for a title. Dan, going to Class 1A, and it's the Sectional 43 with South Adams in it. They're one of just two teams over 500 in the field. They've knocked off Monroe Central already this year. Uh, so South Adams, do, do they coast in three straight weeks, or do you feel that maybe they'll be challenged at some point in this sectional? I think the Monroe Central rematch uh, could be interesting. Uh, you know, when you rematch somebody in a football season, when it's so short, uh, you got to see where teams have learned and where they've expanded and gotten better. We know South Adams has gotten better. Obviously, around here, we don't see Monroe Central as much to see how much better they've gotten. 
I think that could be a fun game, but I I don't really see anybody presenting too big of a challenge to South Adams. Sectional 44, you have Southwood undefeated at the top of that uh, sectional. They go to Cherubusco tomorrow night in a game that I will go to to check out the Eagles and the Knights. And then you have Adam Central sitting there at the bottom portion of sectional 44. So let's talk about that Southwood Cherubusco game. I know you did some some research on that one. What to expect in Turtletown tomorrow night? Well, I think Cherubusco is really going to have to limit Southwood in being able to be multidimensional. That's where they've succeeded. That's where they've thrived. Uh, Southwood is not a team, you know, you look at Cherubusco, I don't want to call them one-dimensional, but we all know that they go to the ground. We know that they go to Jake Polk and Gage Kelly. Um, and Southwood has been able to do a lot of different things. Uh, they play a lot of guys both ways. So I think Cherubusco is just going to have to do what they do. Uh, pound the ball out, fall out on the ground, get to the quarterback, uh, Southwood's quarterback, Alex Farr, has struggled at times, thrown seven interceptions on the year, has fumbled the ball three times. Um, so if they can put pressure on him, I think that's what you want to do, ideally, if you're Cherubusco, uh, and, and really test what this 9-0 and means for Southwood. Have Southwood played a team that's going to play them and willing to play? Uh, they had some struggles last week in a 21-7 win over Tippecanoe Valley. So there were some things to take out of that game that Cherubusco can do, uh, get to the ball, try to strip the ball. Southwood had four fumbles last week. If they can strip the ball away, I think they're going to be in, in really good shape. Dan, we have to wait a week for 5A and 6A to begin, but what are some maybe a, a storyline or two that you're watching when we kick uh, that portion of the playoffs off a week from tomorrow? Well, I think at 5A, one of the questions is what Northside's going to do and learn in their week off. We thought that they finally had some momentum, and they came out and played pretty uninspired against Concordia last Friday night. That was a game I was at. Uh, they couldn't get fourth down conversions. Uh, they struggled through the air. Deuce Taylor was great in scrambling, great in getting out of trouble, but their receivers struggled, as we saw them do early in the season. Uh, and we know against Bishop Dwinger, they're going to have to be pretty close to perfect. So what are the transitions and some things that Northside is doing this week with that extra week to get ready for Dwinger? I think before last Friday night, we were thinking, hey, maybe Northside could put a scare in Dwinger. Maybe there's some things they could do that Dwinger's not prepared for. But then you saw them play last Friday night, and, and you feel like they're miles away. So I think what they're doing to prepare is interesting. Um, and, you know, the, the extra week for, for Carol and Snyder to get reacquainted with each other. I think these are two really good football programs. It was a great first game. Uh, I think that an extra week always adds a level of intrigue because you have to stay sharp. Um, and that can be challenging sometimes in a bye week to stay sharp uh, and stay ready. So I think that uh, that makes it more interesting when you look at a matchup like that. It is fairly even uh, where who has the better week of practice on an off week uh, may be the difference maker. Dan, before we let you go, to enjoy your dinner, what are some things that people should check out at OutsideTheHuddle.net this week? Well, today we had our Game of the Week preview, which is Cherubusco and Southwood, so we break that down a little bit more detailed uh, than I just did. And then, obviously, we have our sectional breakdown, so everything from Class 1A up to Class 4A, everything that's happened, um, breakdowns of all those sectionals on our website, and then we'll do 5A and 6A early next week. Uh, and then Saturday, we start our basketball preview officially uh, with our girls' basketball uh, countdown of top ten teams kicking off. And so we'll run that down to the season and continue our countdown of the top 50 boys' and girls' basketball players leading into girls' basketball season so we can name our uh, our first five, our annual first five in girls' basketball. It's that month of the season where football and basketball overlap, and it's just chaos, right? 
it, yeah, it's going to be busy. It's uh, <laughs> when girls start playing here on November fifth. It uh, it'll it'll be really hectic, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, to to take the two sports that you and I both uh, kind of uh, center around the most, and to get them going at the same time, it's hectic, but it's a lot of fun to be out at games and. Uh, there's a lot of energy in the month of November, and that's a lot of fun. All right, Dan, enjoy your dinner. We'll catch up to you next week, bud. All right, thanks, guys. That was Dan Vance of Outside the Huddle.net joining us as he does each and every week to kick off the show and really break down some of these sectionals. We'll further go through the uh, the uh, schedule of uh, week one of the postseason uh, closer to the bottom of the hour. But we're going to step out when we come back. Coach Tim Manigle, Concordia Lutheran Cadets will join us. You're listening to the ESPN Radio High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. You're listening to the Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Week 10 edition of the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny here with D.C. Hendricks producing here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school football on our first Thursday night show of the year making room for the mastodon coaches show now on tuesday nights at six o'clock so we'll be here each and every week six o'clock to seven o'clock thursdays all the way through basketball season but before we talk basketball we got plenty of football to talk about over the next month or so into the thanksgiving holiday and we broke it all down before the break with dan vance who went sectional by sectional and looked at the matchups and one of the uh, bigger matchups of the first week of the postseason will happen in uh, miami county when uh, concordia heads down to mcconaqua to take on the braves tomorrow night and the head coach of the cadets joins us right now he's tim manuel coach how are you Good. How are you, Justin? Not bad, sir. And I know you're you're running around doing your athletic director duties tonight, aren't you? Yeah, it's good times. You know, it's multitasking. That's what we do in the world of education. Oh yeah, and you do a great job. You do a great job. <laughs> oh well, I'm doing a job. I don't know if it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, at this point of the year, we're always talking about well, Concordia. Yet they survived another SAC season, and and how good truly are they? And I think we'll find out early on in the postseason because McConaughey was a good football team. But let's look back before we look ahead. And uh, I think it caught people by surprise last Friday, not the Concordia beat Northside, but in the manner that you guys did, a 28-point victory at Zollner to conclude the regular season. I don't think you could go out with a, a better high point of the season late in the year than the win you guys put up last week. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think uh, as you look at our nine games, uh, this the, the game against Northside was probably, if not our best, uh, certainly our second best. Very complete, uh, played well offensively, only had one turnover, lots of big plays, good play from the quarterback, good play from the offensive line, receivers caught passes, and defensively we played really well. Northside's very dangerous. Uh, quarterback's really good and their running back's really good. They have you know, athletes all over the field, but we were able to contain them. And so that's certainly an encouraging thing. That's always our goal here is to be playing our best as we uh, enter the playoffs. And based on that game, uh, you'd say that uh, we're, we're certainly playing pretty well, if not our best. And you mentioned that defense before we talk about that offense. I think over the past three weeks, you guys have looked pretty well. The win at Wayne and then holding Carroll to 16 points. Yeah, you lost, but I thought the defense played pretty well. And then, of course, the performance last week. So in terms of peaking, it looks like the defense has really found something. 
I think so. I think, honestly, our defense has played pretty well all year. Uh, we've been stressing sacks and tackles for a loss quite a bit. We went to the 3-3 three, three, uh, and, and tried to play a more aggressive style of defense. So really, when we started in June and then through the preseason and then as the regular season unfolded, we've been really stressing this idea of we want to be in a position where we've got the, the, um, the opposing team behind the chains. We want to be aggressive in the way we think about playing defense. And they've responded. So, yeah, I think the last three games have been pretty good. But honestly, throughout the whole course of the season, we've been pretty pleased with the defense. I think some of the the names that we were accustomed to hearing have been moved on with at Concordia. But one that's emerged, junior Sam Hudson has played very well for you. You mentioned those tackles for loss and sacks. He has over a dozen tackles for loss and six sacks. He leads your team in both categories. I mean, this is a kid that's really, really come on for you as a junior. Sam is an athlete. He's a decathlete uh, during our track season, and then in the in the off season, he participates in decathlete. So we knew he had an athlete on our hands. Uh, he had shown flashes of being pretty good at football in his freshman and sophomore years, and certainly he has come on as the season has progressed. And he's really kind of ideal for what we're trying to do again with that attacking style. He's one of our fastest kids, maybe slightly undersized but he makes up for that with his speed and he can be physical at the point of attack. So yeah, I would, I would completely agree. He's had a great year for us. When you look at a defense, the way you guys are calling it and being more aggressive, and I'm sure the message is, yeah, we're going to give up some big plays on occasion, but we're also really going to, to make some difference making plays as well and cause turnovers. And how do you coach that in kids, especially young kids that don't like to get burned? I mean, no, no level of kids want to get burned or football players, but it's going to happen at times when you're attacking in the style that you guys do. Uh, correct, and then I kind of borrowed a line. I'm a, I'm a big Nebraska fan, and uh, Scott Frost with with the team in Nebraska always talks about have a desire to excel and no fear of failure. And we have used that line quite a bit. So so you just the, the whole mindset is you just want to make plays, and in so doing, there's a chance that yeah we may give up a big play, or yeah your aggression may cause the opponent, particularly the opponents we play, to uh, to have some success. But we're confident enough that ultimately we'll be able to make more more positive plays for us defensively than the offense might. And now when you play some of the teams that we play, that doesn't always work out so well. But hopefully as we get into the 3A portion of our schedule, it, it pays off for us. One of the guys that we've seen progress throughout the year, the, the year is quarterback Brandon Davis. And, and, Coach, you always talk about, look, you want your guys to, to win games in the regular season, obviously, but the competition you play, sometimes that's not always the case. And I think when you look at Brandon Davis and his numbers, and you could say, yeah, he may have made a fair amount of, of turnovers through the year, but, man, he's going to be playing be, you know more similar competition to you, 3A competition coming up. So how do you talk to a quarterback? Back that says, hey, you're going to have bad games against the Carrolls and the Homesteads and teams like that, but it's going to pay off when you get to this time of the season. Yeah, and it, you know, the quarterback is obviously a pretty integral part of the spread offense, but it's not just the quarterback that we give that message to. So Brandon is a kid who has a great head on his shoulders. Um, very, uh, He's got a demeanor that is not easily rattled and uh, really, for the most part, a pretty calm kid, which which I have grown to appreciate. And so, yeah, he, he has thrown some interceptions, but for the most part, he comes off the field. He's coachable, talks to our quarterback coach on the headset. We try to figure out what happened, and we go back out there, and you know what? Again, desire to excel and no fear of failure. Just keep making plays, Brandon. And he's gotten better and better at that. Uh, we were fortunate enough 
uh, to have him have some experience coming into the season. He had played some as a freshman and a sophomore, so it wasn't completely new to him. Um, and I think he's used that experience as a springboard to uh, further success this season. And we're pleased with where he is. Uh, he is nowhere uh, near where he needs to be, but he's much better than he was at the beginning of the season. And I think he is in a good spot for us as we begin the playoffs for sure. He has a wealth of wide receivers, too, to choose from on both sides of the field, in the slot, on the outside. And it's different guys almost each week. I mean, Vanderbosch has been good for you, but he has plenty of help. I mean, uh, you know, Tyler Grossman, the junior, has been very good. Uh, Kindig has stepped up as well. So uh, a wealth of options there for Davis. Yeah, and, you know, we've been blessed at Concordia with, with, with some really good receivers. Well, it's honestly one of the reasons. Many, many years ago, we went to the spread offense because there's just a lot of those kind of kids that walk the halls at Concordia. And this year, we've got five of them that have really uh, stepped up. And they're all, they all are solid in terms of catching the ball. They're all solid in terms of being able to produce yards after the catch. Uh, they all do, they're all pretty good at blocking, uh, which is really something, again, we've stressed this year. And it's, uh, it, it's almost come to be expected that Concordia is going to have those kinds of kids. But, I mean, maybe we take that a little bit for granted. These guys work hard at it. Uh, they're good at what they do. They take pride in what they do. They want to make plays. And um, it's a fun group to be around. And, of course, when you have Amir Drew, who I have to ask, has, ever, has he ever signaled to the sideline that he's tired? Because I don't think I've ever seen him do that. He just seems like you could give him the ball yeah, no, 40 times a game. Yeah, absolutely. Managed. Absolutely. He's a, he's a workhorse for us. Um, maybe not the most flashy running back in the conference. Turn out those huge runs, but the solid 5 to 10 to 15-yard gains, um, he'll do that for us. And he's, one thing, he's really improved this year. His junior year, he started last year as a sophomore, but this year particularly, he's gotten much better at being tougher as you run. So not necessarily going down with first hit, not necessarily ducking out of bounds, but maybe trying to deliver a blow to the defensive player as well. Um, and, and we've encouraged that, obviously. We, we need you to be a tough runner up here, and he stepped up. Coach, looking at what you guys will face tomorrow night against McConaughey, I figure a lot of the defensive attention in practice this week has gone to Carter Little, 48. He has over 1,400 yards rushing. He's their leading receiver as well. Uh, he seems to make McConaughey go. He's a good player. Uh, their offense is really spooky. Uh, 11 guys in the box. They uh, run the ball almost exclusively and run the ball really well. Uh, they average 350 yards on the ground which is just an absurd number. Um, we, uh, now, you could say, well, that, that fits what we do defensively in that we've been pretty good at stopping the run, but this is like a whole new level of run. Uh, this is a team that, that seems to be fully committed to running the football, and they are quite good at it. Um, we have drawn a very tough opponent. We hope we're ready for it. You never really know until you get out there on the field, uh, but it's going to be a tough one. And we're going to have to man up and uh, really be a physical football team on Friday night, or they'll have their way with us. Every coach is different in terms of who you want to play win, and every year is different. Do you feel this team is catered to a challenge right out of the, the box in the playoffs, or would you have liked to more ease into a matchup like this? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think that matters too much to us here at Concordia. Uh, we've, we've tried to pride ourselves on the whole the old cliche one-game-at-a-time idea. We certainly do that throughout the, the regular season. I don't think we're really blessed with a true rival in the SAC, whereas some of the schools in the town in the city are. Uh, so again, you know, we just kind of we just and we know we're going to get everyone's 
best shot in that Concordia is a team that everyone thinks they can kind of beat. Um, particularly when you're playing a bunch of 6A, 5A teams, here comes the 3A team. This is one we can handle. So we're just, we just chug right along. And um, whether we play Maconaqua or Norwell or Heritage or any of the other teams in our sectional, we're, we're going to be ready to go and attempt to give it our best shot. Um, we could have gotten an easier draw, probably. We didn't. So we'll take what the IHSAA gives us and do our best. I got to tell you, Coach, I'm already kind of missing those Lures Concordia 3A matchups. I mean, well, yeah, I know that was that was for a long time, right? Yeah, like, uh, we play them twice a year, and those were good, exciting games. Um, but it was almost it was almost going to happen late June. Yeah, yeah, right. We, who knew, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, Coach Lindsay didn't know where the heck he'd be. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, those are fun games, and yeah, we always enjoy playing Bishop Lures. That I, I suppose if you had to pick a rival, that might be ours. Sure. But I'm sure Bishop Lures considers the Wenger their main rival. So I don't. We're just kind of rolling along in the conference without a true rival. We just chug away, Justin. Yeah, and you know, if the end result is a state title like it was a couple years ago, yeah. then you can do without All a right. rival, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's that, you know. So you look at that team, and that team definitely had that mindset. And we just kind of every game. It didn't necessarily matter who we drew. We just wanted to play our best. And we were blessed that year with uh, many good players and with with uh, great work ethic and great attitudes. And it worked out for us. All right, Coach. Hey, I know you're busy. Appreciate the time you spent with us. Good luck going down to uh, Miami County and getting a dub tomorrow. You bet. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. That's Coach Tim Manigo, Concordia Cadets. His team four and five after a thirty-five to seven win over Northside last Friday to end the regular season. A win that, like I said, wasn't surprising in that the Cadets won, but in the manner that they did in taking down a Northside team that had won four straight games and was looking to go over five hundred for a regular season for the first time since two thousand twelve. Instead, North makes the short trip over to Concordia and just gets uh, pretty much abused on both sides of the ball and in special teams 35 to 7 win for Concordia it doesn't get any easier for the cadets tomorrow as they go to McConaughey they're 7 and 2 you can question who they play but they went to Southwood in week 1 an undefeated Southwood team that plays Cherubusco tomorrow night only lost by 3 they're averaging over 36 points per game in the Three Rivers conference so uh, by no means an easy game tomorrow night for the cadets we're going to take a break come back we'll break down the sectional draw a little more in detail jason dorfler of northrop also coming up later before we get to the top of the hour you are listening to the high school coaches show presented by crumbach chevrolet on espn radio 1380 and 100.9 fm now back to the crumbach chevrolet high school coaches show on espn radio 1380 at 100.9 fm Welcome back to the Week 10 edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. I'm Justin Kenny. He's D.C. Hendricks here until 7 o'clock talking area high school football. Coach Jason Dorfler of the Northrop Bruins, we hope, will join us in just a little bit. We tried him last week and uh, failed. So I told him he owed me one, and we'll try to get him on uh, this evening about 6.45-ish, 6.50-ish. So we'll talk some uh, Northrop Bruins football, a team that 
really put a scare into Bishop DeWanger last week. And I know in looking at that game that Bishop DeWanger didn't have some of its frontline players in, particularly offensively, uh, either, you know, nursing some minor injuries or just resting or just, you know, trying to prevent injury. But it took a, a field goal in the fourth quarter to get DeWanger to a 9-7 victory uh, a week after beating Snyder. So regardless of who played, didn't play, I thought it was an impressive performance, particularly defensively for Northrop, a team that uh, really has struggled all season long to stop teams consistently on on the defensive side of the football. So we'll talk to uh, Jason Dorfler, hopefully, about the Northrop Bruins and what they face coming up uh, this week. Um, or no, it's next week. I'm sorry. They're at the week off. So they'll go to Goshen next week, a one-win Goshen team. So uh, Northrop trying to get to the sectional championship game against either Bishop DeWenger or Northside in sectional 11. Of course, 5A and 6A will kick things off next Friday night. To start the playoffs, 1A through 4A begin tomorrow. To break down some of these sectionals, let's go through starting with Class 4A and uh, local sectionals only. In Sectional 19, we talked uh, with Dan Vance about East Noble, 9-0. and They go to Northridge tomorrow night uh, to kick off the postseason. Columbia City and DeKalb is an intriguing one. Brett Fox with Columbia City was really hoping for a draw with DeKalb to get a second shot at the Barons after he felt his team let one get away in week Week five, it was a 20 to 17 victory for the Barons in Week five uh, in Columbia City. Now the Eagles will go to DeKalb to take on the Barons tomorrow night for a seven o'clock kickoff. That's a uh, four and five, uh, excuse me, a five and four Columbia City team at DeKalb seven and two. DeKalb trying to erase memories of that lopsided loss they suffered against Leo last week, a 42 19 home loss. So a couple of teams uh, looking to. Uh, Avenge some some negative memories, maybe to uh, exercise some demons tomorrow night. Sectional 19, Columbia City and DeKalb. The bottom half of that sectional, Wawasee and Northwood. And then another intriguing matchup, Angola and Leo. Leo 8-1. and one. Uh, They've already beaten Angola once this year in Week 2. It was a 33-13 to game that the Lions won at home. Angola, a better football team now than they were Week 2. Uh, they started 0-4, finished 4-1, lost a one-point game to east side last week but we'll see if andy thomas's team two-time defending champions in this sectional uh can uh, get the upset win on the road but that's a uh, game to watch tomorrow night angola and leo sectional 20 is uh, intriguing in that uh you have Southside in there with one loss you have wayne in there with or excuse me with Southside in there with one win wayne in there with zero wins yet you have to feel Southside is a favorite at home against huntington north tomorrow and then Wayne at 0-9 goes to Marion at 7-2. and um, I think we're devaluing the Giants a little bit when we talk about the the Generals having a shot in this game. I think it could be closer than we think. Um, but despite Marion having a soft schedule with playing the North Central Conference, um, I just don't know if Wayne is good enough to get on a bus and go to Grant County and beat a seven-win football team. I'm just not sure. I like the way they're playing. They haven't given up on the season despite being 0-9. I just don't know if they got it to go down there and beat Marion. Hope so, but we'll see. 
that that will be a score to keep an eye on. New Haven and Jay County. I think New Haven is winning that game, and then we'll face the winner of Wayne and Marion. And maybe the game for the sectional championship, Delta and Mississinawa, the winner of that will play the winner of Huntington North and South. And Delta is a team that in week two of the season beat Eastbrook 44-7. to that team, that Eastbrook team that lost by 37 points to Delta, then two weeks lead, later beat Mississippi by seven. So if we're looking at at uh, similar opponents, Deca- or Delta beat Eastbrook by 37. Mississippi lost to them by seven. So despite Delta being seven and two, they could be the decided favorite not only in tomorrow night's game but also this entire sectional 20. So a lot of storylines in that sectional uh, to keep an eye on over the next three weeks. We go to Class 3A. We talked to Coach Tim Manigal about sectional 27. The Concordia Cadets go to Maconaqua, a four and five versus seven and two game tomorrow night. The winner of that will play either Belmont or Norwell. Some people saying, hey, can Belmont they do a repeat of last year where they knocked off Concordia? They won two games in the sectional after going winless in the regular season. Uh, they're 0-9 going to Norwell tomorrow night. A Norwell team that felt that they uh, they lost a game they shouldn't have last week at Columbia City. So uh, can history repeat itself with Belmont looking for, to get their first win of the year on the road tomorrow night against the Knights? Bottom half of that sectional, Peru and O'Kill and Northwestern and Heritage. Uh, playing uh, tomorrow night. So you have to think that Concordia and Maconaqua has an edge and uh, potentially the winner of Peru and Oak Hill has an edge to get into the championship game. Uh, we'll see 3A sectional 26 uh, looks to be West Noble 9-0, and Mishawaka Marion at 8-1. and Could that be the matchup coming up next week? That would be one of the premier matchups in the area if uh, both teams can get victories. Looking at Class 2A, um, you know, sectional 35 is intriguing because you have a two-win Bishop Lures team in there. And it's similar to what we talked about with Wayne uh, going to, to to Marion and getting a win. Can Lures, despite just two wins, are they better than Eastside, seven wins? Better than Bluffton, seven wins? Better than Woodland with three wins? I'm not sure. I think the gap is is larger between Eastside and Lures than people think. I think Lures is better than two, two and seven because of the conference they play in. Even round two, if both Eastside and, and Bishop Lures win. And then quickly looking at 1A. South Adams, it's all about window dressing, I think, for the Starfires. You need to show up, take care of business over the next three weeks because I don't think anybody in that sectional 43 can hang with you provided they're playing good football. And sectional 44, Southwood and Cherubusco, it comes down to Jake Folk tomorrow night. If Cherubusco can get Jake Folk going and get him into the second and third levels of the defense consistently, they have a chance to knock off a Southwood team that is undefeated and allowing just under six points per game. They have not allowed a team to score more than seven points in a game since week one, when McConaughey scored 17. Since that, no team has scored over seven points on them, and they're giving up five and 5.6 points per game. So can Cherubusco get that running game going, open up opportunities for Sam Wood in the passing game? It's all 
on Jake Folk and that offensive line, opening up holes for that leading rusher. And, you know, at the bottom of that sectional, you have Adam Central that I feel is, is the uh, decided favorite to get out of the bottom half and play either Southwood and Cherubusco in the final. That's it. 1A through 4A. We'll break down 5A and 6A next week, as, long, as well as the semifinal matchups and the rest of the classes. Uh, but we're going to take a break right now, hopefully talk to Jason Dorfler of the Northrop Bruins after the break. You are listening to the High School Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumback Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumbeck Chevrolet in New Haven. In the aftermath of tragic attacks such as the one at Santa Fe High School in Texas, there is often an increase in hoax threats to schools and other public places. Whether false threats are made on social media, verbally or otherwise, criminals could be locked behind prison doors for up to five years. FBI Deputy Director David Bowditch. The Bureau and its law enforcement partners take each threat seriously. We investigate and fully analyze each threat to determine its credibility. In addition to time behind bars and a fine, other consequences of this crime include emotional distress to students, school personnel, and parents. False threats also drain taxpayer money and divert valuable law enforcement resources away from other critical responsibilities. Making false threats is not a joke. Think before you post. Report threats and suspicious behavior to law enforcement and in emergencies, dial 911. With FBI This Week, I'm Molly Halpern of the Bureau. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Your sports for Fort Wayne, Northern Indiana, Indy, and more. The Pat McAfee Show, weekday starting at 2, right up to the sports rush at 4. Listen now on the new ESPN Fort Wayne app and on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. You're listening to the Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back for the final time here to the High School Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. We're rolling until 7 o'clock-ish coming up right after this. What is it? The uh, Bryce and Kale are on, right? D.C.? Yeah, Bryson Kale on there with the... Uh, I'd be on campus with Bryson On Kale. campus. See, I cannot remember. I listen to it. I hear it. I never remember what it's called. On campus with Bryson Kale coming on. Preview the week in college football. Some big games coming up on Saturday. We thought it'd be a battle of undefeateds in uh, in the horseshoe with Ohio State and Wisconsin. But then Wisconsin had to go and lose to Illinois. You also have Notre Dame and Michigan on Saturday night. I think there's a big SEC game at some point, too. I think it's Auburn and LSU. Uh, maybe, probably. 
Uh, that's the 3.30 game. So plenty to talk about with on, on on-campus. Bryce and Kale coming up at 7 o'clock. Then we have uh, Thursday Night Football with the Vikings and Redskins coming up later this evening as well. But we're going to talk some high school football right now with our final guest of the evening. He's Coach Jason Dorfler of the Northrop Bruins. Coach, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Coach. You get a uh, a week to, I don't know, do you take a deep breath? Do you overanalyze things? I mean, how do you approach a bye week? Uh, yeah, it, it's a situation that we've uh, kind of been familiar with um, the last few years. Um, we're, it's a little unique this year in that we're playing somebody we've, we've really never played um, in Goshen. Um, the last few years where we've had the bye week, we've been preparing for um, Carroll and Homestead, so uh, teams that we saw in the regular season. So um, it's a chance for us to kind of get healthy, which is uh, a definite need at this time of the year. And um, you know, we had a, a pretty good week of practice, and we're giving them uh, tomorrow and, and Saturday off, and uh, come back and ready to go on Monday. Coach, you never want to end uh, the regular season on a loss or the postseason for that matter. But I thought despite, you know, three straight losses, you showed a lot against Bishop DeWanger and led most of that game last Friday. So despite a loss, I mean, I I have to think you found some pretty good things to like out of that game, particularly out of your defense. Yeah, absolutely. Our uh, defense played outstanding on, on Friday night. And uh, in all honesty, I, I know – most of the the people look at the the scores and, and don't really dive real deep into the games. But um, the week before against Northside, our defense played really really well. We were, uh, you know, unfortunately gave them short fields and they blocked two of our punts in the second half. But uh, we had shut them out in the first half, and then we came back and we shut out uh, Bishop Dwinger in the first half as well. So uh, the defense has improved. Uh, it's been something that you know we've tried to improve upon for many many years and uh we feel like we're playing pretty good defense at this point in the year and we just got to uh continue um to do that and we're forcing some turnovers which are huge and getting some stops on the goal line and on fourth down and um we're playing pretty well on that side of the ball couple guys that have jumped out to me in recent weeks nigel robertson and uh, antoine scott have been very good for you defensively talk about their roles in that defense yeah, uh, Nigel is a is a disruptor along the defensive line. Uh, I think he has 46 tackles uh, from the defensive end position, which is pretty good. Um, you know, he's good against the run and the pass, and he, he's long. Uh, he's six two, two twenty five. So he he can really put some pressure on on opposing offenses. And and Antoine Scott is a player that just seems to always be around the football. He's got some great instincts. Um, and, and in all honesty, he, he is responsible, or partly responsible for us um, winning games against Wayne and, and Concordia this year. Um, he, he picked up a fumble late in the game against Wayne and returned it for a touchdown. And then um, right before the half when we were playing Concordia, he, he jumps a uh, screen when we're, we on the sideline are kind of telling him to back off and deepen up and, and that's kind of the instincts that he has, and he picked it off and, and took it all the way uh, to give us a double-digit lead at halftime. And, and uh, he's just a, a great player and a great leader for us on the defensive side. 
Coach Jason Dorfler, North of Bruins, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Uh, Coach, offensively, particularly rushing the football, has got a two-headed monster with Jeremiah Green and Demarius Cohen, a senior-junior combo that have been very good for you. We talk so much about Jeremiah Green, but I think uh, Demarius Cohen maybe gets overlooked a little. Absolutely. Um, you know, he, he's an explosive guy. Um, you know, he, he's more of a speedster, um, but he's also capable of, of getting some tough yardage. So, um, you know, he can, um, you know, just stop on a dime and, and burst out of nowhere. Um, you know, we always say as coaches, he's a, he's a threat to hit the home run. Uh, whenever we, we get the ball to them. So um, they complement each other pretty well. Uh, Jerry can, uh, Jeremiah is capable of getting the, those tough yards inside, and, and Demarius, um, when he gets loose, there's not too many that can catch him. Coach, you, you got a week to prepare, but uh, it, it's a team that uh, only has one win on the season. But then again, you're not familiar with them, so you're really starting from scratch. You have to get on a bus and go northwest to the game. I mean, how do you approach it? How do you coach it? it because it is a, a different opponent for you, and you don't want your guys looking ahead to a potential rematch with, with uh, Bishop Dwenger or maybe another game with Northside. I mean, how do you prevent yeah. that from happening? Um, I think we, we set the tone, uh, Monday, um, right away. And and we kind of established that the focus is on Goshen and Goshen entirely. And, and, um, despite just having one win, they are a pretty good football team. If you watch the film, um, and they play in the, the Northern Lakes conference, which is a very, very respected conference, um, amongst coaches in the state. Um, and they, they have, uh, a great head coach in Kyle Park, and, and they're just, you know, pretty well organized. And, and despite just having one win, I mean, um, they're pretty good. So um, I think we got our guys' attention right away, and, and with the understanding that we're going to have to play well if we want to advance in this tournament. And um, you know, uh, traveling up there is is going to be a little bit unique. Uh, you know, it's not a place that we've ever been to. Um, you know, so. Uh, it's going to be, you know, uh, something different. And, um, you know, it's, it's just something that we've talked about, you know, it's an hour and a half bus ride and, uh, you know, we're rushing out of, out of school and trying to get on a bus and then, uh, going to a place where we've never been. So, uh, it'll definitely be a challenge. And, uh, I think our guys are looking forward to it, you know, uh, uh, extra motivation, I guess, um, for our guys as well is that you know we haven't won a postseason game here in quite some time so um i think our guys uh are excited to be uh maybe the group that that can end that streak and and you know propel us further in, into the tournament Coach, before I let you go, I want to ask you about Week 9 and how great was it to be on the sidelines at Spoiler in the last week of the regular season and not be standing in mud and dirt. I, I, I assume the turf has saved you probably a couple pairs of shoes already. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we were kind of joking, uh, the coaches, you know, that we've had two really bad weather weeks, and it was Week 6 and Week 8, and we were on the road for both of them. <laughs> so, you know, we got the new turf, but we couldn't use it on those on those wet nights. But but it's definitely uh, been a great thing for our program, and, and it allows us to, to practice a lot more efficiently. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, late late in the year here, and, and the field is obviously in great shape, and uh, it's a tremendous blessing for us to, to have it here at Northrop. 
All right, buddy. Hey, appreciate the time. Good luck. Enjoy your off week, and then good luck uh, next Friday night. Will do. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Coach Jason Dorfler of the Northrop Bruins joining us, our final guest of the evening. Of course, Northrop 4-5 and five after uh, three straight losses to end the regular season, but played well uh, for a, a little while against the, uh, Snyder in Week 7. Uh, Northside came back from a 10-0 deficit at halftime to uh, to win 29-10, and then Dwanger needed a field goal last week in the fourth quarter to knock him off in a 9-7 loss. So uh, expect Northrop to get a win against Goshen next Friday, and then who knows? They'll play Dwanger or Northside in the sectional championship uh, a week from there. Thank you to Coach Jason Dorfler, Coach Tim Manigal of the Concordia Cadets, and we kicked it off as we do each and every week with Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net. That'll do it for us. Coming back next Thursday, 6 o'clock, to talk week two of the sectional uh, tournament, and also get 5 and 6A started. For D.C. Hendricks, I'm Justin Kenny. This has been the High School Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. The Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show with Justin Kinney, presented by Crumback Chevrolet in New Haven. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, serving Allen County for 46 years in county on Highway 930, just west of New Haven High School. Thanks for listening on ESPN Radio 13.8. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.